bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's word. Today, I'm doing my the third and final part of the series I started two weeks ago. I titled it, Taking a Trip with Jesus, and this is part three. The subtitle is, Converted. And we started the week after Easter, looking at a story related to Easter. On Easter morning, uh, this is just about noon, two of Jesus' disciples are walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's a seven-mile journey. And as they are going back to Emmaus on that day, they're very confused about what has happened the day. Uh, of course, uh, prior to resurrection morning, uh, Christ had been crucified and, and, and all of that. So they're very confused about everything that has happened. And then uh, they heard before they left Jerusalem that morning that Christ, uh, some people were reporting that Christ was risen. And that was a bit co- confusing and perplexing to them. And whilst they were having this conversation, Jesus joined them and, uh, and asked uh, what they were talking about. They narrated. Uh, they are disappointed to him, Jesus. And he took time to teach them and instruct them in the word of God. And, and their hearts were convicted as they heard the word of the Lord. So now we're going to see how the story ends as we go back to Luke's gospel, chapter 24. And verses 28 to 32. Luke chapter 24, verses 28 to 32. And we read, Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening. And the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us. Well, Jesus went home with these two disciples of his. And uh, when they went, uh, they went to sit at table. uh, And these two disciples uh, sat together to have a meal with Jesus. The passage says that they sat at table with Jesus. You have to understand that in those days, they didn't sit at table as we do now. Uh, where we have uh, a table that is probably about one meter high and we sit around with chairs. That's not how uh, the, the Jews sat at table. Normally the table was very low and they would recline. In other words, lean sideways on the table. Uh, so it's a very low table and they recline at the table. And usually um, for them when they recline at table to eat, the head of the family... Uh, would be the one who blessed the table so that they would eat as we do now normally uh, when we're about to eat. I hope you do that. 
uh, we pray uh, before we, we eat. Uh, some of you sit at table and just wolf down the food as if the food is an enemy that must be vanquished in a moment of time. Uh, but it's always important to pause and give thanks to the Lord. So, uh, and normally it's the head of the family that will uh, lead that prayer. But Jesus, who is supposed to be a stranger to them, because at this point they're still not very sure that it's Jesus, uh, he takes the leadership of, of uh, what is going on at table. And it's very, very uh, instructive that Jesus took charge over the blessing and he took charge literally over their home. And it gives us a, a picture of what happens when we invite Jesus into our lives. He doesn't come as a guest. He becomes the host of our lives. When Jesus comes into our lives, he becomes the head of our home. Uh, you know, when we were children, the, there was a sign that used to hang on many homes. I don't know whether uh, it still hangs in many homes, but I remember in my home, um, uh, it hung the plaque that says, Christ is the unseen guest at every meal. Um, he wasn't a guest at this meal. He was the host of the meal. And, and he, he came in to take charge. And so when you come, uh, you give your life to Jesus Christ, he doesn't come to patch in a corner of your life. He comes to take charge of your life. He comes to be the host of our lives. He comes to be the host of our business, of our marriage. He doesn't just come to be a guest. So we see Jesus at table here. And there are four things he did that I want to uh, bring your attention to uh, when he took the bread. Uh, the first thing uh, is, is that he took the bread, and that speaks of surrender. The bread represented, for Jesus Christ, it represented his body that has been surrendered to God. So, the taking of the bread signifies surrender. You remember uh, in the feeding of the 5,000, a young boy brought his bread uh, to his lunch, actually, to Jesus Christ. He surrendered it. It was his, but he surrendered it. Jesus took it and blessed it and used it to feed 5,000. So the taking of the bread uh, speaks of surrender. And it speaks of, of our Christian lives also, that we put our lives in the hands of Jesus Christ when we come to him and we surrender to him. And there are many of us who are bread, but we are bread on the table. Uh, we are bread that has not been put into the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ wants our lives surrendered into his hands. Just like he surrendered his life into the hands of the Father. So that's the first thing we see. He takes bread. It speaks of surrender. And then the second thing he did after he took the bread is that he blessed it. He consecrated it. He prayed over the bread. And uh, the bread that is received is received with gratitude and it will be blessed. Now when the Bible says that Jesus uh, blessed the bread, he didn't have an all night prayer uh, on the bread. You know, many times when, when people have to pray over the food, it becomes a whole production. 
you know, and they cast out demons from the food and, and then they pray against all kinds of witches which prepare the food. And if they've turned this food into blood, we reverse it back into food and, and whatever we, we sanctify them and we declare it, whatever, whatever. And, and, and sometimes people can pray sometimes for 30 minutes over food. And I, I admire the enthusiasm uh, we have about that. And it's good to pray for a long time. But, but praying over food uh, is not so that we will cast out demons for the food, but so that we will receive the food with gratitude. With gratitude. Uh, that's all. That's all the prayer is for, is to say, Father, thank you. That's all. So when you pray over food, it's basically a thanksgiving. It's a prayer of gratitude. Lord, you are the provider, and I thank you for it. And Jesus Christ prayed such a prayer. You know, Jesus was a Jew, and normally the Jews, uh, when they were praying over food, would pray a very typical blessing food. Blessed are you, O Lord, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. And that's all. And once they pray that prayer, uh, they, they, the food is consecrated uh, to the Lord, the bread is consecrated. And if you've participated in, uh, in communion here, you know that anytime we break the bread, we pray the same prayer. Blessed are you, O Lord, King of the universe, uh, who has given us the earth or who has brought bread out of the earth. It's to say, Lord, we thank you for this bread. And that's the kind of thing uh, Jesus prayed. It's a prayer of consecration. This bread is dedicated to you. The life that is in, is in God's hands must be dedicated and consecrated to him. So when we put our hearts, our lives into the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ, he blesses it. He dedicates it. He consecrates it. Third thing he did. He broke it. Brokenness. It's a very important part of it. The bread is broken. The bread is one. But if it is one, it feeds only one person. If it is broken, it feeds many people. When God wants to use our lives to do something big for him, he breaks us. He doesn't break us to destroy us. He breaks us so that we can become many. We can become a lot. We can touch a lot more lives. So Jesus Christ took the bread and he broke it. And then the fourth thing he did is that he gave it. And that is service. So these are the four things Jesus did. He took the bread. He blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it. It's a very important thing. He gave it out. To serve. And the bread is now shared amongst us. In a sense, it talks about the life of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. At another level, is a life of the believer. It's a life of the Lord Jesus Christ because he put his life as bread in the hands of the Father. Dedicated, consecrated to the Father. Broken through his suffering and crucifixion. But now, giving to the world for the salvation of mankind. The body of Jesus Christ. Taking, blessed, 
broken and shared. The same thing he does to our bodies. When we give our lives to him, he takes us. He blesses our lives. He breaks us. We go through all kinds of discipline so that we can be shared to the nations of the world. So we can be a blessing to people. When God disciplines us, takes us through difficulty, when we go through suffering as Christians, it is not to destroy us, but it is to open us up so we can be a blessing to as many people as possible. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you are at a stage of brokenness where it looks like things are just not going well in your life. I just want you to know God is not destroying you. He doesn't destroy his children. God is preparing you to give you to the nations, to the world. Your life is about to multiply. Your impact is about to multiply. Your effectiveness is about to multiply. Because the Lord will take you as a single and make you into many so that so much more can benefit from you. And, and that's what Jesus did when he sat at table. He's been speaking for a long time on the road to Emmaus. And now he just takes the bread, gives thanks, breaks it, gives it to disciples. And something remarkable happens when he does that. The Bible says their eyes were open. Their eyes were Open something broke in their lives and they had a complete understanding of who Jesus Christ was their eyes were open may the Lord open our eyes today the, the opening that is talked about is a word that is used in relation to making way making way and giving access that means something has blocked their understanding, their eyes, and God opened it. He made a way for them. The same word is used in Acts chapter 7 verse 56 uh, concerning Stephen. When he was being stoned, he says, look, I see the heavens opened. And the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That word open is the same word that is used in Luke chapter 24. When their eyes were open. There's something that happens when we come before the table of the Lord. There is an opening. For the disciples, their eyes opened. For Stephen, he said, the heavens opened. I don't know what is closed in your life this morning, but there will be an opening. Somebody say there will be an opening. Today as we partake of the bread once more, the same way Jesus did it, we're going to do it. And there will be an opening. Something that has been shut will be opened. Something that has been prevented will be released. Something you cannot see will be seen. Something that has been withheld will be released. Their eyes were open. May the Lord give us an open heaven this morning. May the Lord give us an opening in every area of our lives. In the name of Jesus. And then the Bible says, and they knew him. They knew him. They fully recognized that this is Jesus Christ. For the first time, the disciples said, wow. It was Jesus all along. He's the one. 
who was talking with us. And they said, obviously, because when he was talking with us, we felt something in our hearts. Our hearts burned within us. They knew everything, all the pieces came together. You know, there are times in your life where things are happening, but the pieces are scattered. And then another moment, all the pieces come together. And then you say, oh, wow, now I get it. I see it. I understand it. That's what happens to them. May God bring you such an experience this morning that the pieces will come together. Things you couldn't connect will be connected. Dots will be connected because there will be fullness of understanding. There will be eyes open. There will be fullness of recognition when we come before the Lord as we will do this morning. And then let us consider what they did afterwards. Verse 32, Luke chapter 24. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scripture to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. What a remarkable experience of two men, disciples of Jesus, Believe that he will be a political messiah. Now he's crucified by the politicians. And they're wondering, is he really the one? Then this stranger comes their way, starts talking to them. They feel something in their heart, but their eyes are shut. And then they go to table with him. Their eyes open and everything becomes clear. And they decide we must testify about this. We must testify. I pray that this morning you will also have something to testify about. They rushed back to Jerusalem that evening. Now you have to understand the sequence of time here. So about the time these people were going to Emmaus will be about noon time. Probably either late morning or noon. Probably about 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and uh, probably going to noon thereabouts. And, and the journey would have taken them about an hour and a half. Seven uh, mile journey. Those people walk faster than us. Uh, so probably an hour and a half. Uh, so by the time they are getting to Emmaus, it will be about two or three. To the Jews, by two or three, the day is ended. The new day is about to start because the Jewish day starts in the evening and into the morning. Our day starts from the morning. Their day starts in the evening. So once the day is getting to an end, it's afternoon, it's about the end of the day. So when they said to Jesus Christ, the day is almost ended, it's not night like seven, our time. It's about three-ish. Sun is still up, but to the Jews, the day is ended. A new day is about to happen uh, in the evening. 
because they take their cue from Genesis chapter 1 in the evening and the morning was the first day so it starts from evening to morning that's how the day starts so now uh, they, they say okay our eyes are open we know it's Jesus we have to go back to Jerusalem so they start back from from Emmaus to Jerusalem probably about an hour and a half so if they left at about four o'clock uh, from Emmaus they probably get back to Jerusalem almost at the end of the day and uh, the beginning of the new day which would be probably about 5 30. they go back to where the disciples are and when they open the door the disciples say he's risen the last time they left Jerusalem everybody says we don't know what has happened but by the time they get back the disciples are convinced he's risen he's appeared to Peter and then they say yes we know he's risen we saw him too he walked with us on the road to Emmaus and whilst they are talking about all of this Jesus shows up I like that testimony the disciples testified the two men testified and Jesus testified he showed up in the midst of them and that moment they knew without any shadow of doubt that he's alive I pray this morning that Jesus will show up in our testimony as we declare as we remember him as we declare and confess he's alive that that's what communion it's all about he says do this in remembrance of me do this in remembrance of me so this morning as a church we are shouting he's alive he died but he's alive and as we testify may the Lord Jesus Christ himself manifest himself in our midst may he stand in our midst may he show us his power May he show us his glory. May he speak peace to your life. May he speak peace to your situation. And we pray that this morning we'll have a supernatural encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you first have to settle that before we partake of communion. You have to get your heart right with God. You have to know Jesus. You have to know him as your Lord and Savior. You have to be born again. And so if you are here and you're not born again, you say, Pastor, I don't even know what born again is. Then you need to be born again. You say, well, I've done it a couple of times, but I'm not sure whether it worked. Then you need to rededicate your life to God. If you have any doubt of your salvation, just make your salvation sure this morning. So I'm going to pray with you that you will make a connection with Jesus this morning, a true connection with him. So that as we partake of communion, it will not just be a ceremony or a ritual, it will be a life-changing experience. And may the power of Christ be manifested amongst us this morning in Jesus' name. If you are here, you want to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You want to be born again. You want to have the assurance of heaven. You want to have assurance that your sins are forgiven. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. If that is your prayer, you say, Pastor, I want to be sure that I'm a child of God, that I'm born again, that my sins have been forgiven, that when I die, I'll go to heaven. I want to be sure of that. If that's your desire, I just want to help you if you would just lift up your hand wherever you are. 
As we pray this prayer together as a church, let's all say together, Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I thank you, Father, that Jesus died for me on the cross of Calvary. He rose again to give me life. And today, I proclaim him the Lord of my life. Thank you, Father, for my salvation. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making me your child. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mansah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.